welcome everyone to another episode of the Neil World Order podcast. Uh, it's been a few weeks. I guess I've been uh, slacking, but I, I mentioned that, that I was going to take breaks and not uh, force episodes. And, you know, it, it always works out to where, like, uh, I get the episodes completed and then Saturday night rolls around and uh, I'm really tired. I'm just not in the mood. Uh, I don't know, you know, maybe I'm just not feeling it or whatever. Uh, last Saturday I attempted to, um, spray the, um, exposed ceiling in our basement and while doing it, it was a complete, it seemed like it was a complete and utter failure. I only got about a third of it done. Uh, I had purchased five gallons of paint and, uh, something was wrong with the sprayer needless to say a lot of paint came through it um it looked like a murder scene except with uh instead of red blood everywhere it was black paint uh it dried and it actually doesn't look so bad so um you know it wasn't a complete fail other other than the fact that it's completely unfinished and i'm still gonna have to finish that but um yeah, you know, I had a little bit of a panic attack there for a while. Uh, I mean, I was in like the full, I looked like Breaking Bad, the full bodysuit, goggles, mask, and that shit was still all over my face. I rubbed my face raw at one point trying to uh, clean it and get the paint off of it. So, yeah, there was that. But, um, you know, and like I said, I wasn't going to force shows. I was just kind of mentally and physically um exhausted from it um so yeah i apologize for the uh lack of show last week and was it the week before I mean, it might have been two weeks i don't i might have just been completely terrible um anyways it was my birthday this past uh monday um it's crazy when you think about like how fast time moves i mean i I know i talk about that a lot but like especially when you start to add up the years and you look at the uh what would be the number of candles on your birthday cake so to speak um you know i feel like at one point i was a kid and now like in this whole blink of an eye i'm a few years shy of 50 which is wild you know you know things you that when you remember as a kid looking at certain ages and then being completely ancient and now being like, wow, hey, I'm creeping in on those. Or, you know, the morbid aspect of you that's like, okay, there's probably fewer years ahead of me than there are behind me. And, and maybe not. I know. But, you, you know, if you're being realistic, I mean, we could all, I could die tomorrow. Any of us could. Nothing's promised. But I'm enjoying some uh, salted watermelon whiskey uh, that I got for my birthday from my in-laws, which I really love my salted watermelon whiskey and plenty of reasons to drink tonight, but we'll get there. Uh, you know, even in all, feeling old and all that, I'm, I'm pretty spoiled. Um, I look back, you know, and I think about my life, uh, past, present, and hopefully the future. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've lived so much life. Uh, there's been triumph, heartbreak, you know, failures, success, fun, Um, lots of fun, uh, more love than I ever thought I'd find, um, 
and an adventure, you know, it's an adventure and it's a journey that continues every day. And one day, I was thinking maybe one day I have to put it all um, pen to paper and tell the whole story. But maybe through bits and pieces, that's kind of what I've done here over the years, maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, you know, so here's to another trip around the sun. You know, I have great friends, uh, family, have three crazy ass dogs that love the shit out of me, sometimes annoy the shit out of me. Uh, you know, and I think it's important in life, uh, you know, that I have things I look forward to. I have things I look back on and smile, you know, so much to be grateful for on every day, not just when I celebrate my birthday. You know, when you think about it, it's those little things that add up every day and make life something to honestly celebrate and be thankful for. You know, it's, you know, this year I look at it and it's the work that I've put in that uh, gives me the ability to look in the mirror and start to love the reflection. Uh, not just because of my amazing good looks, obviously, but to uh, appreciate the man looking back at me and knowing how far he's come and still understanding that there's more work to do. So I appreciate all the love I got from everyone this week. Um, you know, it isn't lost on me how lucky I am, I assure you. Um, had an awesome birthday week uh, for my wife. She spoils me every year. And then once the basement's done, she got me an awesome chair that will be part of the new podcast setup once we get everything down there. I'm actually sitting in the kitchen at a, on a bar stool right now doing this because everything in the basement is still covered in... Uh, in kind of to be painted mode so shit's kind of everywhere and it's just it, it looks rough down there uh well as far as reason to celebrate tonight after 15 years the university of tennessee football team beat alabama tonight and and i and what may be and i'm not just saying this because and, you know, that kick at the end could have went either way. Uh, we won 52-49. It, it may have been the greatest football game I, I have ever watched. It just, you know, at one point, yeah, I think we were up 28-10. to 10. Um, You know, both teams played very well. Uh, we made a lot of mistakes on defense. I think offensively, we were pretty much unstoppable. Um Jalen Hyatt for the University of Tennessee had five touchdown receptions tonight on like seven catches for 200 plus yards. I believe he broke every Tennessee uh, single game receiving record there was, which is awesome. You know, considering he's our number two receiver. Uh, I know his last last name's Tillman. Uh, our number one receiver still hurt, but just from the get go, it was just an awesome game. Great environment. Um, one of those times where I, you know, I, I wish I, I lived back home so you feel more attached to it, more a part of it. It would have been awesome to go to the game um, and watch the fans, you know, be one of the fans storming the field. Uh, my guess is they're probably still there partying right now unless they, uh, university police or the county <laughs> ran them out. But, uh, man, what a game. You know, to, we came out, we played strong. It, like I said, I believe we've never beaten, this was the first time we've beaten Nick Saban. Uh, I believe we hadn't beat a top three team in 28 years, um, you know, which probably predates a lot of the fans in the stands. Um, 
you know, and it's it's cool to see the the program be relevant again, and like legit. I, I mean, I think the last handful of we you know between Florida LSU and this game, and I know LSU's having a down year, but I believe they beat Florida tonight too. Um, you know, to say hey, you know, we're not just winning the games we're supposed to. We're we're in these games. You know, there's. It's been so many years where you look at the you know the Alabama game and you're just like God. I just hope we don't get killed. I mean, I, I this was the first year in forever where I was like, you know, we can win this game. We can really win this game. You know, and maybe this isn't the Alabama team we're used to, but that team is still loaded with five star recruits and a shit ton of guys that are going to go pro. Not that Tennessee doesn't have, but I mean, a ton of those Alabama guys are going to be playing on Sunday. You know, and I mean, they Alabama was favored by seven and a half, and the game was in Knoxville. You know, and I'd even so much had had the talk with myself that hey, you know, if it's a close game and we lose, that's still a victory considering where the program was ten years ago, and you know where it is now, and you know with uh, Coach Josh Heupel taking the team in the right direction. You know, and it was cool. I was getting texts from people. They're like, "Oh my God, you guys are going to do this! Wow, this game is." crazy you know and talking to my cousin back home and you know it was just it was awesome like it was like it, it got you in your feels like you know I saw a lot of people saying it almost brought a tear to my like it was that kind of win I know you know and I talked about it a long time ago that like being a fan of your team is it, it's such a one-sided relationship that 99% of the time you don't get back what you put in but like that one percent you get which tonight was that one percent and yeah I mean it was just a game you know it's not the national title it's not the SEC championship it's not a bowl game but it's from where we were to where we it was huge like I would trade Tennessee having a great season this year if it means the Packers are going to lose out you know which the Packers may do that on their own um you know, after last week's shit show, and we'll get to that. But, um, you know, if you love college football and you love the atmosphere, like the University of Tennessee and everything that goes on at Neyland Stadium and Rocky Top, and like that that's college football. It's not Notre Dame. You know, it, it, it's not Penn State. It's not, it's not Alabama. It's not Clemson. It's not Ohio State. It's atmospheres like at the University of Tennessee. Like, that's college football. That's, and there's a lot of haters out there, you know. And I'm not one of those Tennessee people that thinks, hey, you know, I, I didn't forget what the last 20 years have been like. And I'm not even talking playing to Alabama. I'm talking about losing to teams like BYU and Alabama State or Georgia Southern or just, some of these shit teams that, you know, knowing that the, the teams that we used to roll, you know, could beat us, you know. And now it's like, wow, you know, you know, we've passed some of the litmus test. And this is this team's for real. This team has a shot. Uh, I would think come Monday they're going to be ranked no worse than fifth in the nation. Maybe if we're lucky they'll be four. It'll be interesting. I, a lot of it will do, depend where – Alabama's going to fall, but um, Michigan's obviously going to move. I would think it would go, you know, we're probably going to be five in Alabama, maybe six, between six and ten. But even so, like, 
you know, I thought it was awesome to be ranked six, and now you're looking at, hey, we're going to keep moving up. And, you know, in a couple weeks we have Georgia. Georgia's the number one team in the land. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't seen Georgia play on TV that much this year. I know last year they were lights out. Uh, a couple of those guys are playing for the Packers this year. Uh, they're doing okay. Uh, so, I mean, obviously they're the number. Uh, they beat Vanderbilt 55 to nothing today. So, uh, you know, clearly Georgia can play. We have Kentucky, uh, you know. And we may have to see Alabama again, you know, if we make it to the, if we're fortunate enough to get to the SEC championship. But huge night on Rocky Top. Awesome uh, victory. This is, you know, I, I just hope the come down from this doesn't, you know, cost them next week. I hope they build on it. And I mean, I think defensively there's a lot of buildup. Yeah, we won. I mean, we won. You still gave up 49 points. That's a lot of points. Um, but what a game. If you're lucky enough Watch it on replay. Watch the highlights. Just phenomenal. I mean, Alabama had a lot of penalties. I believe they had 18, 19 penalties. Um, coming into the game, they'd only had, I think, seven, seven penalties all season, and they had beat that by halftime. Or they were uh, something like It was some kind of crazy stat, so... I know there was. I don't think there were a lot of questionable calls. I think the the game was called pretty clearly. I think we might have got screwed on a pass interference call at one point, but you know there was another one that we later got, which I was like, okay, you know the, these things kind of even each other out. But yeah, man, everything's good on Rocky Top tonight. So all my peeps in Tennessee, and I hope you're enjoying this win as much as I am. It was huge. You know, and then we go to the other football team I love, the uh, Green Bay Packers, who uh, huh, did not look good in London last week. Um, I, I'm honestly starting to worry. The I, I feel like the offense has looked horrendous. You know, the defense was on the field a lot last week at one point. The it It's just bad. I mean, we, we're not sustaining drives. And I think a lot of it is the play calling. I feel like, you know, and I've said this for years, I love Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers has a lot of talent. But I feel like we're always trying to throw the ball deep. Like, in, in odd times. I mean, we have a two-headed monster at running back. Aaron Jones averages almost 10 y- yards a carry. Like, the guy should be getting 25 to 30 touches a game. You know, then you have A.J. Dillon, who's probably pushing five to six yards a carry. And it seems like every every week, even if we have the lead in the second half, we forget those guys are out there. You know, and my issue with throwing the deep balls, we don't have quality receivers out there that can catch them, that can get open, that are running the right routes. That that whole part of our offense is a is a work in progress and it needs to be dealt with as, as such and I don't know if that means putting you know Matt LaFleur grabbing the reins and tightening them up on Rodgers or whatever um, or maybe we go out and sign a receiver make a trade for a receiver OBJ is still out there but <clears throat> we should have never lost to the Giants this past week that was it, it was ter- the Giants were out 
missing their top three receivers. Their quarterback was playing hurt. Uh, Saquon Barkley missed almost a quarter. And, you know, our defense was, I'll give them some a little bit, but they, they were bad. Uh, I, and I, I think it's the scheme. We had a couple of players that even spoke out and, you know, and said, you know, maybe we stick to the, the game plan even when it's not working and there's no adapt. No, you know, they're not adapting, making in-game changes, which was a huge thing that McCarthy never did. And I always thought Mike, and you're, Mike McCarthy's one of the worst coaches you'll ever see in football. And I don't care what that kid is doing at Dallas. It has nothing to do with McCarthy. That's a good defense. Um, they're playing right. Some of it's the schedule. Um, but Mike McCarthy's not a good coach. And I promise you, Jerry Jones wants Mike McCarthy gone too. But, you know... I would have fired the defensive coordinator last week. I personally don't think he should have ever been hired. Uh, I pretty much think this guy's claim to fame, fame was being the defensive coordinator for the Lions that year they went 0-16, which that right there should be enough to not allow him near any football team. Uh, you know, but what are you going to do? You know, we have the Jets this week. Uh, the Jets have looked pretty decent with Zach Wilson back. Um, it's in Lambeau. It's going to be a little chilly. Uh, hopefully we figure out some things and maybe get the ship headed in the, um, right direction. But I, I'm honestly starting to think this team isn't even going to make the playoffs, let alone the Super Bowl. Um, I guess time will tell. And maybe the good part of that, it won't be like the last handful of years where we get our hopes up. You know, we win 13, 14 games. We're deep into the playoffs. We got to buy and then we lay a turd. You know, it's kind of, we kind of almost have that Cleveland, Detroit, Chicago Bear thing. We're like, ah, we know right off the, excuse your mom, we know right off the get-go that we suck. Uh, Speaking of bad football, what is with the Thursday night Amazon Prime games? Like, all those games have sucked. I feel like after that Bears-Commanders game, which was 3-0 at halftime, Amazon owes everyone a free year of Prime who had to sit through that shit. And the Broncos, I believe, are on Sunday night again this week. That's like four times in six weeks. The Denver Broncos, a terrible football team that plays terrible football, that is not good to watch, that doesn't have a nationwide fan base, is playing another uh, primetime game. It just I, I don't know if it's a cruel joke by people or somebody... And the NFL just got a hard-on to watch Russell Wilson suck. But um, talk about knowing what was up there in Seattle, man. Pete Carroll, people thought he was crazy trying to trade Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's turned into Carson Wentz. But anyways, I was just talking about cold temps. Uh, It's always like a thing every year. um, How long into the, you know, how long I can keep wearing shorts before it's too cold. Um. This year I made it till October 13th. Um, I don't know, what was that? Thursday, I believe it was. It was like 29 degrees in the morning. Um, it was super cold. It was super cold this past morning. There was like the frost had frozen on the deck and the dogs all like slipped when they went out. The grass was crunchy. Um, I tried to stick it out as long as I could with shorts. I, I'm not a pants person. I'm actually back in shorts in the house now. Um, but yeah, now is kind of that influx part of the year where we begin that slow march into the winter season. Um, 
we've been fortunate the past two winters. I really don't think they've been that bad. Um, so I'm not really stressing it, obviously. Yeah, I think the worst part about winter is uh, when we do the whole fallback time change thing. But this is the last year it's going to happen after that. There's no more of this daylight savings time, set your clocks, but which is stupid. It's dumb. It needs to go away. There's no reason for it. Um, like the fallback part of it. That just needs to go away. I like when we set our clocks ahead and it's light outside of 9 o'clock. Uh, when it gets dark at 4 o'clock, there's no, you, know, you go into work, it's dark. You leave work, it's dark. But, um, you know, now that I just said winters haven't been that bad, we'll probably get like record snowfall this winter. You know, the snowfall, I don't even care. It's it's honestly really the cold temps that, you know, when it gets windy. If it snows and it's not super windy, it's fine, you know. Um, or you get that slushy snow that can be a pain to move. But I assume we'll be uh, putting the patio furniture away, switching the mower and the snowblower around in the garage, and, you know, doing all that stuff, which is kind of crazy. <sighs> so anyways, moving right along, way back when... Uh, I believe it was my junior year in high school. It was a really rainy day. Uh, football practice was canceled. It was monsooning. Um, so a few of us were going to my buddy uh, Jason Rogers' house. Um, I was riding with Chris Walters. And I remember we came over this hill and someone was backing out right into uh, Highway 70. My back, my back to people know the road. Um, we were right there before that church. Is it, is it like Cedar Hill Church or Cedar? It's, it's the one right there on the left that like, I think half the school went to. Um, anyways, the car Chris and I were in, Chris was driving, hydroplaned, it, it rolled, flipped a few times. We were both fine, fortunately. Um, why am I talking about this? Um, well, the only injury I sustained in that was a chipped front tooth. Chipped really bad. And uh, I ended up getting like a veneer on that left tooth that got... Uh, cracked in the accident. It had been about 20 years since I'd had an issue with this veneer, but it, I believe it had come off twice in high school. So yeah, I was brushing my teeth the other night and yikes, this thing uh, came off. Um, and I was like, God damn it. Um, I'm not a big fan of the dentist. I have a very low uh, pain tolerance. But um, so yeah, I had to make uh, an appointment and then I was like, Went in, they're like, oh, we can't do it till November 10th. You know, they go and examine it. And I'm not in any pain because there's still part of the glue there protecting the tooth. I just kind of look like a pumpkin. But, um, you know, so, yeah, that I just thought I would share that with you. Uh, it's making the ice feel a little chilly on my uh, mouth as I drink this whiskey. But um, I will continue to move forward. So I don't know if uh, any of you guys saw this this week, and it's news that probably doesn't shock anyone who has more than three brain cells. So Janine Small, she's the uh, president of International Developed Markets for our um, lovely friends at uh, Pfizer Pharmaceuticals. She testified during a European Parliament hearing, <clears throat> not clean your ears and listen to this, that Pfizer's COVID shot was never and I repeat, never tested in any way to show if it would prevent transmission of the virus. So they promoted this. And 
sold this to you as you wouldn't, you know, you were, you were, what was it they said? Um, you don't get vaccinated for yourself. You do it for others, for society. Like they lied. And I, you know, I still saw commercials tonight during the football game promoting the same shit. It was some guy with, I don't know, talking about people with disabilities and that it was protected. And I was like, this is a lie. You know, why are they allowed to lie about this? Um, you know, because there's absolutely no scientific evidence or studies to prove that any of the bullshit they've been peddling and have been preaching about the past few years is true. You know, so she would later add, Janine Small would add in her testimony, that they were trying to get the vaccine out as quick as possible and as quickly as silent science would allow. And it's almost ironic hearing her say that, like, you know, and then you think about, and Tucker Carlson was talking about this the other night, the, uh, when Fauci was on TV, and Fauci had said time and time again, and I quote, that the vaccinated people were a dead end for the virus, meaning they would not transmit it to others and the virus would stop with them. So he knew this hadn't been tested, knew this wasn't going to prevent spread, and he lied. He lied to Congress, he lied to the American people, you know, and he lied repeatedly. He knew there was zero evidence to back up the claims, yet he would say that time after time after time after time, Fauci, Biden, all, all the government officials sold you and the citizens of this country that taking the jab was the means to ending the spread of COVID. You know, and a lot of you believed it. Um, if you go way back, I honestly, and we're talking way back in the beginning origins of this podcast, I told you about the complete lack of evidence of, of this being effective because it was all public record. Um and I, no matter where I looked, in every study, every patent, I never found any research stating that it would be effective. Most of the research actually showed the opposite and talked about the possible long-term side effects. Um, you know, like myocarditis, which people are dropping dead. Left and right, people like 60 and under, there's been a lot of heart attacks. There's been a, like... Um, Undetermined deaths in this country are up 800%. No one's talking about that. Uh, young people are dying mysteriously. You'll see a couple high school athletes a week, it seems like, all over the country. You look at the studies in Europe where um, there's been a lot of issues with rugby, soccer players, people who never needed this vaccine, who took it or were forced into it, and you know now they're paying for it with their health. There's... The, I believe in one of the original studies I looked at had said that nothing that had ever been subjected to the mRNA technology had lived more than five years. I'm not saying everyone that took it is going to die in five years, but I'm also not saying you're not going to not, you know what I'm saying? And it, it, it's crazy because you think about the machine that was behind the charade and how, how they tried to like, they tried to silence and, you know, anyone who spoke out against it and, you know, label things as spreading misinformation and made like saying, made almost try to treat like misinformation, like a crime, like it was like a hate crime. And, you know, and I'm one of those people when we talk about this, I'll, you should be able to say whatever you want, whenever, whatever, like, 
it, it doesn't matter if it offends people. Like, when you're offended by something, like, that's on you. That's not on the person who said whatever offends you. Now, people, some things are rude, and they're inconsiderate, and they're ignorant. But I, I'm all for allowing people to say that. I don't believe there should be words people can't say. Now, that doesn't mean if you say a certain word, somebody won't knock you out or whatever. But nothing spoken is worth losing should cost anyone their livelihood, should get them cancer. Like, it just shouldn't. We should be better and tougher as a people to be like, like, it doesn't matter. You know, but we treated misinformation almost like um, people were running around. Like, we treated it just like white supremacy as far as being promoted. You know, anyone would be like, oh, you know, you people, there's there's still idiots on social media with those little banners around their profile pic that says, punish those for medical misinformation. Like, you people are idiots. You know, it's like the people still wearing masks today. Like, if you're wearing a mask, now you, to me, you're wearing a mask for the rest of your life. You know, because there's absolutely no reason to be wearing one. Now, I mean, after wearing one painting, I, I can tell you right now, I would never wear one because clearly it doesn't do anything. Uh, you know, and I feel like there needs to be accountability for like this whole lie that was sold to people and, and what we put, you know, COVID's going to be right there with the JFK assassination is one of the biggest crimes or sinister things the government gets away with and no one's ever held accountable for just because that's what happens. Um, but you know, People should know the truth, and that's the truth. Look up the Janine Small uh, testimony, and you'll see you'll see that for yourself. It's stupid for me even to sit here and think, "Wow, we're still talking about COVID." Like, and I know some people like that's a big part of their lives. Maybe if you work, you know, but I know just as many people that work in the medical field that don't even think about it, didn't think about it when it was at its peak. You know, think less about it now, but. It's ridiculous. I I am surprised that it hasn't had a comeback with the uh, midterm elections right around the corner. But um, speaking of elections and things that are being politicized, uh, as much as I hope the results go the way I want them to in the midterms, I personally will be glad when the elections are over. Hopefully, you know, I'll be glad, right? Honestly, though, Hearing the the number one word, I and I don't know what it's like where you guys may live all over the country, the word radical is in every commercial. And it, it's so much, it's almost like uh, when people call you a racist or say the word, hey, it gets, a word gets used so many times it loses its meaning and there's nothing behind it because it's just like, it's a buzzword, you know. It's like, you know, when people say racial equity or equality or diversity and all those buzzword pronouns like they mean nothing now because they've just been the the dead horse that's been beaten to death but you could do a drinking game where you watch a show on i don't know whatever one of the regular networks and you do a shot every time there's a political merc political commercial where they say radical and you'd be drunk by the end of that show you you might be pissed the bad drunk and it's, you know, everyone is radical. It's, I think it's stupid. It's insulting to us as the voters um, because they they think we're so dumb that they can just say the same things over and over. And maybe because for years it's worked. 
But, uh, you know, case in point, we have uh, a Senate race here, and we have this clown. Uh, his name's Mandela Barnes. He's, I believe he's the current lieutenant governor, unless he had to resign to run for Senate. He's running against incumbent Ron Johnson. I think Ron Johnson's a great senator. I think he's done great things. Mandela Barnes is a terrible, terrible candidate. The people that were going for the, uh, in the primary against Mandela Barnes were way better qualified. Uh, Brian Lazary was like a billion, he's a shithead. And I didn't like him. He's one of the box owners, very accomplished businessman, uh, very positive image. Um, there was, a, I forgot the lady's name. She wasn't, you know, on paper, they weren't bad candidates. And then you get Mandela Barnes. Dude hasn't paid his taxes in years. Yes, the lieutenant governor of Wisconsin does not pay taxes. Um, it's a fact. You can look it up. He also, this is a fact, had so many unpaid parking tickets, his license was suspended. So he was unable to drive his first two years as lieutenant governor, which obviously sets a great example for the uh, constituents. Um, you know, and you, you have all this before you get to his defund the police agenda and killing the unborn. Um, he honestly talks like he's retarded. Like, and, and to an extent, he probably is. Um, and I, I'm blown away that this guy's even being pushed out there as, like, the sad part is maybe he wins. Like, this guy makes AOC look like Ronald Reagan. That's how bad he is. And, and the only reason he's out there is because he's black. And I'll say that, and I don't care if anyone's bothered by that. It's simply because he's a person of color. He brings nothing to the table. Um, you know, which his ethnicity seems kind of a stupid reason to push him because all the liberals in Milwaukee are going to vote blue. All the liberals in Madison are going to vote blue. You know, which is really your larger, diverse, urban communities. Um, Beloit. But he, he's such a bad... It's almost like, to me, I look at it, I'm like, do they really even want to win the race? I mean, this guy's... Like, he his commercials that he does for himself come off like a SNL skit. Like, he reminds me of the... Uh, was it Michael Che? I think the guy that used to be on SNL. He's so bad. But, um, you know, he's just... Uh, it just makes you wonder, like, why, you know, on top of that. So, yeah, I'll be glad, and, you know, we have the governor's race here. I honestly think the guy I'm going to vote for, I think he's terrible. I don't think he's terrible. I just think he's a lousy candidate, uh, Tim Michaels. He he got the Trump rub is why he won the uh, primary. Um, our governor, Tony Evers, the liberal, he's a, he's a terrible governor. He pretty much won on the... Uh, promise of legalizing weed which he's tried to do absolutely nothing to do since he came in he was uh i don't know he ran the board of education all that and he was terrible at that um he literally looks like uh the old guy on the uh, simpsons and i can't think of his name but except he wears glasses you'd have to look him up he's he's just a clown like he's one of those guys i bet when he walks into the room all the other governors like just look at him like why are you here you probably you know they don't realize he's one of them but, uh, yeah, so that should be interesting. Uh, I hope Tim Michaels wins. You know, I hope that it's okay if he wins. 
<clears throat> there's a lot of things with him that I disagree about too. You know, it, and the sad thing is, you look at it and like so many people vote on one issue. I, I hate one issue voters. Like, you know, if you, if I was a company and I wanted, you know, what you need to look for people that will that are as passionate about working for your company as liberals are about killing unborn babies. Because they literally are obsessed with Roe v. Wade. You know, and they call it women's health care and reproductive rights. And, and it, I always find it ironic that they call it reproductive rights when they're honestly fighting for the right to not reproduce. So it's almost like an oxymoron, which, I mean, that's liberal logic. But, like, seriously, like, all the signs here, like, you know, abortion is on the table, Roe v. Wade, women, January 6th was just a a run through and I'm like like it's scary like and I don't have many liberal friends because I'll be honest if you're a democrat at this point I just think you're you're mentally ill and that's okay I mean as long as you seek help maybe take meds and I'm not even a big fan of the uh, democrats that are now trying to jump on the other republican bandwagon because I'm like you guys are the idiots that got us in this mess in the first place don't just try to you know, rats always abandon a sinking ship. That's kind of how that works. But, uh, yeah, but I, I tell myself I'll be glad when this is over. But uh, we'll see. I mean, you tell yourself how much worse can things get. And you say, hey, hold my beer. You know, that that's what I, I always believe, you know. But then I always tell you it's never as bad as you think it is. never as good as you think it is. But, yeah, that's... That's the insanity of the world we live in, right? You know, speaking more insanity. I don't know how many of you still, it hasn't even been a year yet, but that uh, idiot in uh, Waukesha that ran over, like, the old ladies and the kids in the uh, Christmas parade, uh, I believe he killed six people. Uh, his name's Daryl Brooks. I didn't want to give him any because he's, th this guy is literally a buffoon. He's representing himself in uh, in his trial right now. And uh, part of his argument is that the um, state of Wisconsin can't be the plaintiff because the state of Wisconsin is not an, a person or an entity and therefore a wrongdoing couldn't have been committed against them. I might have explained that way too simple. Like, like the guy's insane. Like he literally, uh, every question he asks, there's an, gets objected and sustained. And then he like keeps, he argues like this, this judge has amazing patience. One, cause this man should be dead. He shouldn't be walked. He shouldn't, he doesn't deserve a trial. It's obvious he did it. He was caught red handed. He's uh, somehow he was deemed uh, not insane. But, you know, every time I see the, the clips on the news, you know, you see them on TikTok or wherever, I'm like, how is there not a cop somewhere in that jail that leaves this guy in the wrong part of the jail and just lets things work themselves out naturally? You know, kind of like the whole Jeffrey Dahmer thing. And I, I understand that some people have to be killed. Like, I can live with that. Like, I'm okay with that. Like, you know, one juror in uh, Florida saved the Parkland shooter's life, which is obscene. You know, and any of those other jurors should be blasting that person's name. You should you own the accountability for the decision you made. You know, you should have to go tell those families that it was you. 
you know, and I'm sure in time that person's name will come out, but you know, and there'll be a reckoning on that, but you did it to yourself, you know, you made a bad choice. And I, I don't, you know, with people like that, that's sometimes where the legal system makes me shake my head. You know, I'm like, just, just like Daryl Brooks, like, just kill him. Set him outside, set him on fire, shoot him, hang him, make him swallow a grenade, feed him to hogs, whatever you want to do. You know, that's just me. I guess maybe my views are barbaric, but they're simple, you know, I don't believe in an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. I don't. I think idiocy makes the world blind. And, and unfortunately, idiocy is like sand in the eyes of two kids fighting in the sandbox. Nobody can see anything. That being said, um, I appreciate you guys taking the journey with me tonight. It was nice to be back after a couple weeks off. Try to not... Uh, leave the breaks so few and far between uh hoping to get everything the basement thing is it, it's a process i mean it really is um you know i'm guessing as it gets colder once i get once i get it painted the whole thing moves a lot quicker it's just getting that done and getting the board sealed to go on the walls and yeah you know finding the time and energy to do that while balancing life um net you know, a couple weekends, uh, we're going up north, and maybe we'll do a podcast episode up there, uh, we'll see, maybe I can talk Kai into being on it again, I don't know, maybe she'll just rib me for an hour, but, um, that's all I got, folks, um, I hope everyone has a lovely weekend, go Tennessee, go Big Orange, um, and hopefully the Packers pull one out tomorrow, but don't hold your breath on that, peace.